London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to the London Property Podcast. Today we're in conversation with Hamish Brown, who's a partner at 1508, one of London's leading design houses. Nice to be with you. Lovely to see you. Thank you very much. Hello, Franas. Um, so Hamish, can we start by telling us about how it all began? Absolutely. So um, we, we are 15 London, a uh, luxury interior design company. We started about um, 12 years ago, um, really designing wealthy people's homes in central London. So some of the most beautiful homes in, in the world existed within London. And we were tasked with um, repurposing those homes to make them perfect for those families and, and their individual uses. Um, you know, the, the, the company's um, ethos really was all about trying to create... Um, designs which are perfect for those individuals and for the properties that that, that, that they reside. Um, so instead of having a house style that we try and push onto our clients, for us it was all about trying to um, listen to our to the clients that we were we were designing for, uh, the buildings that they were that they were they were buying or, or occupying, and then trying to create a design that was perfect for that particular location and that particular client. Um, we felt that was quite different. Um, because we, 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 we very much believe that the project's a celebrity, not us. And that for us, it's about um, working very closely in collaboration with the other consultants, with our clients, and about trying to you know, listen to them and, and create a design that's perfect. So that's how it started. And I guess you've, you've built on from there where you've got different style of designers that make up the team. So can you tell, tell us a little bit more about how that variation is put together? At 1508, um, having a um, you know, series of design principles was incredibly important. I think um, in order to be able to achieve different types of design for different types of clients, we needed to be able to have a breadth of different types of design you know, talent. So we've invested heavily in, in, in really bringing in the, you know, the very best design talent from around the world. And um, we have an amazing senior management team, which, which, which orchestrates that. We've got Laura Lockwood, who, who runs our studio, who's literally scoured the earth for the best design talent in the world. Um, so when we're sitting around the table, you know, the design conversations are incredibly, you know, energized and, you know, people are kind of introducing materiality, craftsmanship and, and details that perhaps me as a kind of English person may, may not have been exposed to. But then suddenly, you know, these dialogues and these conversations become incredibly enriched and our clients get the benefit of that because they're ultimately able to have different types of design and different types of understanding in different places of their home. So talking about international clientele, um, you actually have a very wide reach. You've got representations in many different places. So can you tell me about how that trail kind of came to be? It kind of naturally evolved? Absolutely. So, I mean, I suppose at 58, you know, when, when, when the evolution happened of, of the company, we started private clients. And naturally in London, you know, we're a very cosmopolitan international city. And, and those clients have taken us to different parts of the world. Um and, you know, naturally we started designing in, in the Middle East and then the Far East and, and different parts of Europe and the South of France. Um, so, so we started to kind of be aware that there was a multi-unit development thing happening and the knowledge that we had of private clients started to become interesting to our development, development clients. So, you know, developers would approach us and say, well, you know, how can we try and bring some of the knowledge you've got of private individuals into the multi-unit space? Um, so that evolved. And we started doing things like Chelsea Barracks, um, the OWO, the OWO residences by Raffles, um, and, and other things. We just completed the Mandarin Oriental residences in LA, in Los Angeles, and in the Golden Triangle in Beverly Hills. 
um, and, and so on and so forth. So when you start to do these different types of projects, clients are taking you to different parts of the world. Naturally, we thought the best way to service those people was to have maybe a presence in those locations. So the first location in 2019 was Dubai. So my colleague Joe Chamberlain was um, was tasked with um, trying to set up that and drum up a bit of interest in, in that region. Uh, we now have eight designers working in Design District in D3 in, in Business Bay in Dubai. Um, next came um, Singapore. Singapore has seven designers. We've got Gareth and, and Charlotte who are, are heading things up there with a fantastic team. Uh, we now have an office in Hong Kong with two, two people. Um, and, and more recently in, in, in Miami, which is very exciting. So, yes, we're slowly, slowly getting to places and being able to service our clients as best we can. That's really interesting. And uh, obviously for us in the market here in Prime Central London, we come across your work in, in developments like you mentioned Chelsea Barracks and the old war offices. So what is that um, connection that helps developers in understanding how to deliver their product? using some of the things that you've learned from private clients? What, what is that? Well, honestly, it all starts with layouts. It's a kind of obvious thing, but I think typically, you know, architects have, have gone through that initial layout process with the clients. And actually by bringing interior designers on earlier in the process, um, we can work very kind of seamlessly with the architects to create, you know, layouts that flow and actually work with 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 the individuals that are going to be using them. Um and I think just because we've sat with private individuals for sometimes 18 months, two years designing their homes, we just intrinsically understand, you know, what they're looking for and how, um, you know, how to make their lives more easier and, and a pleasure to, 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 you know, be within those properties. So that's, um, that's how it starts. I think the next bit is, is, is understanding perhaps who, who's going to be buying that type of, that type of product. Um, you know, if the building's in one Grosvenor Square, let's say, you know, that's an incredibly sophisticated address that's going to attract a certain type of people. And therefore, whether that person is 20 years old or, or, or 70 years old, there are certain characteristics which, which start to kind of, um, fall out of, 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 of when you study those types of individuals. And then you can start to, if you program your brain correctly, you can start to work out maybe how those people live, where they start like to eat, how they like to entertain. And then you can start to slowly build up a design which works perfectly for those individuals and for those. And therefore, when they walk into the apartments and in the flats, they are, they're, they're, they're hopefully perfect for them. Um, so over the decades, we've seen a lot of, you know, super prime developers um, create these kind of masterpieces that people want to pay over the odds for. And um, what uh, used to happen, and, and I'm sure there is, there is still a bit of an influence, but people used to kind of see things in beautiful hotels around the world and then bring them back and translate them into residences. But now I kind of feel that, you know, hotels are becoming a bit more like residences and residences are becoming a bit more like hotels. What are the similarities or kind of the crossovers that you see? Well, it's interesting. I mean, um, again, at 15, we, you know, we talked about the evolution before. After multi-unit developments, we sort of started to, to you know, be asked by hotel, hotel you know, developers, if we would maybe come in and look at some of the spaces within hotels. And um, so over the last three and a half, four years, that's become a huge part of, of what we do. And, and in fact, the studio's evolved massively in, in we're now 110 people worldwide. Um, and, you know, a lot of that business comes from, comes from hotels. And it's incredible the morph between resi and, and hospitality because, 
Um, I mean, as you say, I think the expectations of residential um, re residential people or developers is, all, is a lot of it's about service and morphing that service into either a private home or into a multi-unit scheme, which is why we're seeing the evolution of things like branded residences, like 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 the OWO, the Raffles residences at the OWO, um, which is going to be serviced by the hotel. So you buy an apartment, but you can call up at two in the morning and get a, and get your club sandwich. Um, you know, you can also use the hotel facilities and other things like that. So really, you buy an apartment, but you get the benefit of this huge extension of services and op opportunities. Um, so that, that morphing, I think our, our, our residential experience has kind of helped us kind of move into that space. And um, we're now involved with two Four Seasons hotels. We're designing the Rosewood Hotel in Doha, um, which will be ready, um, uh, towards the end of next year. Um, we've got, um, an intercontinental in Seoul. Um, we did the, the Carton Towers here in Knightsbridge in London, um, which is just recently finished. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting kind of, you know, transition between residential and, and hospitality. Um, you know, for instance, the, the Mandarin Oriental residences at, uh, in, um, in Los Angeles is exactly that. There's no hotel attached to it, but it is a standalone residential unit, which will be serviced completely by Mandarin to their exacting standards with Michelin starred, you know, cuisine served to you all day and night, incredible rooftop terraces with breakfast in the mornings, you know, sundowners in the evenings and everything in between. So there's no hotel there, it's just purely residential. Purely residential, yeah. So it's a little bit like um, the sort of older living uh, residences as well, right? So they run them like hotels, but you're actually going there to be with like-minded people sharing a lifestyle that you don't have to organise. I think that's exactly right. I think, you know, when, when we're designing these spaces, it's, it's exactly that. Perhaps in that particular location, we're trying to attract people down from, from, from the Hollywood Hills and into these um, amazing amazing apartments all of them are slightly different um they've got you know these incredible um you know olive trees that are set within the apartment incredible panoramic views up into the hills and then back into into beverly hills um and and ultimately yeah you you, you get an opportunity to not only have an incredible four five six thousand square foot plus apartment with all the amenities you've gone got this community which you can then with like-minded people you can then lock your apartment and leave it and go into your other other home in a different city around the world or a different place around the world um you can have it serviced so you can obviously get things like shopping and things like that delivered to you so it just makes it living an awful lot easier especially when people are moving around the world so so, so much as they do these days obviously covid dependent um but yeah i think it just makes it an amazing opportunity to have a community-based living but but all with all the trimmings of your own completely your own independent home so on the subject of covid um do, did you see a change in how much uh people are trying to make their home a sanctuary where they can actually spend a lot more time in did, did the requirements change from your clients over the past couple of years or have think, they always wanted it to be a sanctuary i think um with regards to COVID and, and the way in which 1508 design homes, I think, um, it has changed slightly. I think, um, there's obviously, there's, the, there's a, there's a slight need for outdoor space and, you know, there's a preference towards those things. Perhaps the types of projects that we're being asked to do are, are, are more geared towards larger sprawling villas in, in, in places where there's more space. Um, I think, you know, the reality is, 
you know, the types of projects that we've been involved in or fortunate to be involved in, um, you know, are often quite big anyway. So therefore, there's obviously different types of spaces that, you know, you know, clients can have and use. Um, but I think, um, I think we're adaptable. And I think, I think people are going to bounce back. And I think although people have got a mind's eye on, 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 you know, what the impact of COVID has been in terms of having your own independent space, you know, where maybe dad can go somewhere, mom can go somewhere, children can go somewhere else, and then we can all have our independent space within a home. Um, I think, I think, I think people have always felt that, you know, this is a, this is a phase perhaps, and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll move, move through it. I, I do, however, think that, you know, um, there, there is a bigger move, which has been happening anyway, which perhaps COVID has sped up a little bit, is just wellness generally. I think, you know, previously where we've talked about wine cellars and whiskey rooms and all of those things, they're still there. But we've got clients now talking about tea bars and tea, tea, tea stations and, you know, about herb gardens. And I think, you know, where, you know, clients would have private chefs come into their homes they now want to engage with those people perhaps cook themselves as well and and really kind of think about what they're eating think about how they're living and about that kind of 360 wellness wellness aspect um whether it be how they sleep um you know we're designing more morning rooms which is you know there is this thing of win the morning win the day you know where you can potentially have read a book meditate um there are certain kind of rituals that people can do in the morning to set themselves up to ensure that they you know, have the most successful life that they can lead. Um, that doesn't preclude having fun, but it just means that you're kind of managing and designing spaces that allow for all of those different functions throughout the day. Yeah, I need one of those. And what about uh, technology? I guess that's kind of always evolving in, in these homes and how smart they need to be and what you need to be doing with them from remote locations. Yeah, technology is a funny one. I think we all, we're all become so afraid with technology that we, it's become part of our natural life. Um, I think there's, there's, you know, you might have heard this a thousand times, but less is more. I think there's kind of big dashboard type, you know, systems where you walk into a home and there's a thousand buttons that need to be pressed to switch a light on. I think those days are probably gone for the moment. And I think people want simplicity, but with all the function behind that simplicity. So, um, you know, for us, it's about, you know, really working hard with our AV partners to, to come up with solutions which, you know, simplify the usability, but have all the kind of functional needs, you know, behind it. Security, I think cyber security is a huge one. Um, you know, especially now, uh, I think, you know, all of those things just need to be considered as part of the design process. So if you're living in, in, in a Mandarin Oriental residences and you've got your super mansion in, in, in a, a rural location where you can relax, you, you definitely need a boat too, I imagine. So you, you've been doing some boat interiors or you've? We have, I mean, I mean, we've, um, yeah, we've, we've always, um, it's funny, you know, a bit like when we moved into hospitality and we moved into multi-unit residential, you know, the design team that we have at 1508 have got huge amounts of experience. Whether 1508 have done those things or not is, um, is only a matter of time. But within our studio, we've got this wealth of experience and knowledge of, of how to design boats, how to design residential interiors, how to design hotels, restaurants, bars. So those things, um, those things have always been there within our kind of intelligence, I suppose. Um, but yes, recently we have been involved in some yachts, which I can't really say too much about. Although there is a very exciting multi-apartment boat called Nord, which is um, will be launched or is being talked about now, 
which has got a series of extraordinary apartments on it. And the boat sort of circumnavigates the world, you know, and so one day you can walk out onto your balcony. Again, an apartment of about 8,000 square foot, huge apartments wow. with its own balcony. And you can go and look out and watch um, um, polar bears on, on the ice caps. And then the next minute you can, you can be scuba diving you know, or be, heli- you know, your helicopter could take you off and heli skiing or you could be eating whale meat with the Inuits and, or, you know, mountain biking down the Andes. So these incredible kind of visceral, real experiences, which I think goes to show this kind of wellness and where people are wanting to, to be. But this boat Nord is, is extraordinary. So we're involved in some, some aspects of that. That's fantastic. And I guess, you know, the people who own mega mansions are investors in hospitality and you know likewise so clients requirements can lead you into other areas they could buy a plane and a boat and a hotel and then need your services so you've got the ability to basically follow your client's requirements when you talk about morphing Absolutely. I think that's, it's funny. People put people put people in boxes. I think generally that's what we do as humans. We sort of say they do that and they're good at that and that's how they will work. The reality is I think as designers, we, we've always been quite good at being adaptive and answering questions, you know, and as designers, we work for people. We have clients and therefore we answer to people and we have to listen to what they want. Um, and at 1508, we've, you know, because we don't have this house style, and our whole ethos is about really listening to our clients. You know, um, it, it, we have to have had a really good breadth of design knowledge, whether it be from classicism to modernism and everything in between. Um, so we love the idea that a client can work with us on an apartment in London and then buy an apartment in New York and have a completely different design experience because it's in New York and their needs are different in that particular location. Similarly, if they buy an aeroplane or if they buy a boat, you know, we're able to then turn our hand to that and give them a different experience. Hopefully, you know, with the knowledge that they're safe, they feel okay, they understand our process, they understand us, you know, they know where we are and, and, and therefore they're not having to relearn things when they're already dealing with their busy lives. They can, they can come to us and, and know that they're in safe hands, but we'll get exquisite design, you know, tailored specifically to that particular project. Fantastic. And what's next for 1508? Well, <laughs> Well, um, my partner Stuart and I have, um, been sort of growing, growing the, you know, the, the studio steadily. Um, and, you know, over the course of the last year, we've expanded into, um, new locations. I talked about Dubai, Hong Kong, Singapore, and, and Miami. I think the real focus is, is, is about, is about finding, you know, new design talent, design talent that can really service our clients the best, best way possible. Um, and now we're genuinely international. That's, that's very exciting because we're now not just looking at a pool of designers in London. We're now looking at a pool of designers literally globally, which means that we can give our clients the very best design team that, that anyone's ever seen, I think. Um, and, and that remains the highest priority is investing in, you know, our people and, 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 um, and ensuring that we, we're able to deliver the best designs possible internationally. Fantastic. And uh, I won't ask you about how boring it's been to try and get supplies with COVID. I think everyone's just really bored of that. But your furniture um, partnerships, I guess, like your designers, you, you partner up with all sorts of people uh, when it comes to furniture. We do. We have a dedicated procurement company, which is independent of 1508. Um which um, really looks after clients independently of us. I think when 
procurement of furniture is, is within design and within design companies, sometimes there can be conflict. Um, so we deliberately set it apart so that it was able to function um, independently. Um, and that company, um, its ethos is, is, a, is, is, is about being global, global knowledge of suppliers. Um, you know, we've got fascination with rugs, particularly at the moment, from, from the, um, some of the women in, in the Afghanistan mountains who make these incredible rugs. And our job is to know who they are so we can bring that knowledge to our clients. It's easy to go to a shop and buy furniture, but to be able to show our clients different types of materials from different parts of the world, that's really where, 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 you know, if you come to us, you're able to then tap into that knowledge base. And Act One Global, the company that, that I'm talking about, is, um, is, 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 is unbelievably good at sourcing the most unbelievable product from around the world. And, and, and really it's about value. You know, if a chair is a hundred pounds, another chair is a hundred pounds, which one would you buy? You'd buy the one that's 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 better. It's got better quality, better materials. They're both hundred pounds, so the value is in that one. So our job is to find the best best products, the best materials, the best finishes at the best price, and and that's what they do unbelievably. Fantastic. And uh, is is there something that comes to mind as the most unusual thing you've ever designed for a private home? <laughs> um, there's lots of lots of ama- amazing things. We're challenged, honestly challenged every day with our clients. I think that's one of the beauties of designing for private clients is that you can really explore people's imaginations, right? And you can design things that are that they're thinking of. When you're designing for um, a hotel or for for multi-unit residential, there are certain conformities that you have to have to be governed by because there's a you know a, a more of a normal approach to, to designing. Um, when it's someone's individual they've made a lot of money, they've done well, and they've actually want to explore and to create something that's totally unique for them. You get to do some interesting things. A four-poster bed for a dog, that was quite interesting. <laughs> um, I could go on talking to you forever, but there is one thing I forgot to ask you when we were speaking about hospitality, and that is, you know, I imagine that the way that they design things and the way that the hotel's customers expect things of is, is evolved because I heard an awful lot goes into the investment of what goes into lobbies yes. and that's I guess it's the first place that people come I mean is, is there something in hospitality that you've noticed that has really changed in the last decade yeah do you know what hospitality is one of the fastest moving industries I've been a part of um, because um, they are constantly looking for you know the next thing to be able to outbeat their competition and provide incredible experiences for their guests. Um, the lobby is the start of that experience. In fact, the start of the experience is when you exit your car and you look at the building. So architecture is hugely important to, to that first experience. What your handle touches when you open, open the door or what the person is wearing, you know, as they, as they, as they greet you. Um, those are all form part of that initial experience. Um, we just finished the Carton Towers in, in Knightsbridge and, um, now, that hotel is has got an incredible client base, and you know sometimes the clients there um, are from the Middle East, and they try and escape the hot weather in, in the summer, um, and spend quite a long time in in, the, in this hotel. So, our job was to create a, a space which felt like a home from home. So we moved the reception to the side. We've got a bit of a phobia at Fifty Nine about reception, about people transacting, doing doing business, you know, in, in somewhere which is meant to be completely enjoyed. 
Um, so we try to move the reception to the side and just give people the, you know, the feeling that once they've checked in, it's theirs. They can walk in and out. They say hi to the doorman and, and you know, it, it's theirs to enjoy. But I think moreover, you know, hotels are all about trying to create um, a journey and a continual journey throughout the process. So each each time you turn left or turn right, you get a little glimpse of what's beyond and then a new experience hits you. If everything's too similar, then unfortunately your your experience will be will be a bit a bit bland and you know it's about creating you know curating a really interesting journey throughout someone's someone's experience in a hotel the moment they arrive what does that do as they hit the staircase or the lift what that experience is like as they exit the lift into the corridor that should be a new experience as they walk up what does their door look like what does the door handle look like and then they enter the room and in many ways that's that's the initial journey that someone takes so curating that journey and making it you know very exciting at each point is is, is a huge part of what we try and do. It's been fantastic and really interesting talking to you and Thank we look so forward much. to seeing a lot more of your work around the beautiful buildings that we visit. Thank you very much, Fran. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.